service excellence is a top priority at Doctors Hospital. Part of our commitment to the community is to offer important information and education. That's why we're proud to present the Doctors Hospital Health News Podcast Series. Here's Melanie Cole. According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the National Institutes of Health, having a healthy pregnancy is one of the best ways to promote a healthy birth. Getting early and regular prenatal care improves the chances of a healthy pregnancy, and this care can begin even before pregnancy with a preconception care visit to a health care provider. My guest today is Dr. David Benavides. He's an obstetrician-gynecologist and a member of the medical staff at Doctors Hospital of Laredo. Welcome to the show, Dr. Benavides. What do you tell women is the most important bit of information you like them to know about the importance of prenatal care? Well, what I like to tell them is to always start thinking about pregnancy and your child as we all care for our children to get early prenatal care because it it can definitely improve many outcomes, many adverse outcomes that we try to avoid during pregnancy. And frequent early care is definitely important to all women seeking pregnancy or definitely who are pregnant. So what's meant by prenatal care? Prenatal care is basically to seek medical care to identify any kind of medical conditions that can affect a pregnancy, uh, to avoid any adverse outcomes to the pregnancy, to develop a relationship with your physician, a a close relationship, to identify any problems that could arise or that do arise to treat and uh, formulate a safe pregnancy for, for the patient. So what steps do you want a woman to take? If she was just starting to think about getting pregnant, what is it you want her to do, Dr. Benavides? Do you want her to start taking euphalic acid prenatal vitamins, or is it too soon for that? Would you like her to try and get some exercise, get her body in shape? What steps do you want her to take? Well, definitely, if they're starting to think about pregnancy, those are all good uh, recommendations. You're, we're speaking of preconceptual care uh, as opposed to prenatal care. And it's never too early to do that for women. You know, you have to make sure that, a, you know, a healthy woman leads to a healthy pregnancy. So it helps you develop a plan for your re- reproductive life. We do talk about increase their daily intake of folic acid, at least 400 micrograms. Make sure that their immunizations are up to date. You know, if, uh, you know, if the patient has any medical conditions such as asthma, diabetes, hypertension, we can address those and get early treatment and optimize the treatment for that because optimal treatment for any of those conditions will lead to a healthier healthier pregnancy. Also, you know, talking about avoiding things like smoking, drinking alcohol, or the obvious, you know, illicit drugs. Also, we can speak of attaining a healthy weight and exercise programs because those are definitely things that could lead to adverse outcomes in pregnancy, and just to learn about also their family history um, or their partner to identify any potential diseases that could be carried to their infant and um, to try to counsel appropriately or visit genetic counselors when needed. And, you know, those those are all definitely things that we can do at a preconceptual visit. That's great preconceptual advice for women who are thinking about getting pregnant. Now, once they are pregnant, then what do you want them to do 
right when they first find out, because women are never sure what's the most sensitive time of their pregnancy. So what do you want them to know about all of those things that you were just speaking of when they're actually pregnant? So, you know, the first evidence of pregnancy is a missed uh, menses, and you can uh, definitely visit your physician if you're thinking that you're pregnant or if you're late on your menses or, or obviously any at-home pregnancy test um, uh, through the urine can tell you nowadays the tests are almost as sensitive as the ones I have here at the office. Obviously, we can elaborate on that with serum blood tests. But once a woman finds out that they are pregnant, they need to come into the office for their prenatal visit. And that should happen immediately because we can start, like we mentioned before, with the preconceptual, is start identifying any kind of uh, diseases or factors that can affect the pregnancy. Just as some, you know, as something as simple as when we obtain a history, we, you know, talk about family history of hypertension, diabetes, things like that. When, you know, with the first visit, when you do come in, the earlier the better. Different things that we need to know, like through blood work, like the blood type, screening for infections, anemia, you know, so, something easy like blood tests can identify a lot of factors that could potentially uh, contribute, you know, adverse ad- outcomes to the pregnancy. You know, they also, we need to establish the health of the pregnancy by doing ultrasounds, and making sure that we see uh, a developed fetus, you know, want to see heartbeat and, uh, you know, different things like screening for sexually transmitted diseases that could definitely have, have uh, adverse outcomes on the pregnancy. So then, Dr. Benavides, what about if a woman does have diabetes when she's pregnant or asthma or any of those things you've mentioned? What about medications and what do you tell women when they ask you, can they stay on their medications while they're pregnant? That's a very good question because there are some patients that have these medical conditions that are being treated by uh, family physicians or internal medicine. But unfortunately, some of these medications for high blood pressure can have adverse outcomes on the infant. So when they come to me and they say they have high blood pressure and I'm on this type of medication, we have to make sure that the classification of the medication will not harm the baby because Definitely, you do not want to get off of these medications because you're on them to optimally control these diseases, which will improve the pregnancy. But at the same time, if we have to change the medication for your hypertension to medication that is safe in the pregnancy, that that is definitely uh, what's warranted. And as far as diabetes, we can talk about the adverse outcomes of diabetes, like having a infant that heavier than normal, uh, increased risk for cesarean C-section. And unfortunately, with diabetes that's uncontrolled, you also are at increased risk for cardiac defects um, and ultimately a higher risk for stillbirths, which was the ultimate adverse outcome that we want to prevent. So we would definitely speak of those, speak of the treatment for those and what we can do to improve the outcome of the pregnancy. And speak about exercise and pregnancy for a minute, Dr. Benavides. What women are not sure what they're allowed to do, and if they were an exerciser before they got pregnant, are they allowed to continue their exercise right through their pregnancy? What do you recommend for them? Yes, definitely pregnant uh, exercise in pregnancy is definitely allowed. 
And it's actually encouraged. I know that American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology just came out with a new article that does encourage uh, patients who are pregnant to continue their exercise program. So basically what we tell patients is, you know, just because you're pregnant uh, does not mean that you have to be on bed rest or cannot do the things that you normally could. What we recommend is that if you were doing it before pregnancy, you could probably do it, uh, continue doing pregnancy uh, no matter what gestational age. Obviously, with this prenatal care, I mean, once we establish that it's a healthy pregnancy, that you do not have multiple pregnancies, that there's no conditions, for example, something called placenta previa in which the placenta attaches in front of the cervix where exercise would be contraindicated. Once we have ruled those things out, then your physician can tell you, okay, now you can continue your exercise program. You can continue to, you know, uh, jog and, you know, whatever it is, lifting weights, anaerobic, uh, aerobic exercise, all of that is definitely indicated and encouraged in pregnancy. Obviously, there has been studies that show a healthier uh, baby, uh, a decreased uh, admission to the NICU when women who uh, exercise uh, healthier size of the placenta and blood flow through the baby. So those are definitely all indications that women can uh, exercise and should exercise during pregnancy as long as there's no contraindication that you can discuss with your physician. And how much weight should a woman gain during their pregnancy? And what can they do during that pregnancy to make sure that they have a child that's a healthy weight? Do those two things connect? Yes, they are. They do. And the current recommendations are the amount of weight that you gain is dependent on the weight that you're starting. And there's different um, recommended weight gains that uh, based on a simple uh, formula that we can do when you come in for your first prenatal visit, we calculate your body mass index. Based on the body mass index, it will your physician will tell you you need to gain you know as much as 35 pounds. Um, if you're at a below weight, if you're at a normal weight between 25 and 35, or if you're overweight, you know uh, less than less than or at 15 pounds. So it depends on how much that you're weighing during your prenatal visit. And if you stay within those recommended uh, weight gain, your baby is at increase. Uh, uh, your, your infant will be at a better weight and adver- have adverse outcomes like diabetes in, uh, in, in pregnancy will be uh, eliminated and that they will be less likely to and uh, have any indication to go to the neonatal intensive care unit. Dr. Benavides, what do you tell women about ultrasound and amniocentesis during prenatal care? Well, definitely ultrasound is a great tool nowadays to identify many uh, risks to the pregnancy, and usually all physicians will start out with the ultrasound in the first prenatal visit to establish many things like uh, multiple pregnancies, the location of implantation, the, you know, risk for any threatened uh, miscarriage sign, and it's definitely, it has become a vital tool for any physician that is taking care of women who are pregnant. 
We also use it for rate of growth in infants and identifying any kind of anatomical defect that we might see. Uh, it's not 100%, but it's definitely by far has decreased many adverse outcomes that we have seen in the past, like intrauterine growth restriction. And it does not harm the infant. Many patients ask me, is there some sort of radiation risk? The morsanos that we do, can that, identify, can that harm the baby? And through the use of the ultrasound, which is sound waves, does not uh, show studies that harm the baby. And then um, there are other prenatal tests that we can do to identify genetic problems. Um, nowadays, we have lots of blood tests that can identify things like Down syndrome, uh, Edwards syndrome, Pateau's, different genetic uh, problems that can affect the pregnancy. And amniocentesis is one, one way of evaluating that. It's actually the only way that you can uh, prove those genetic studies 100% of the time. Albeit the, the amniocentesis does have its risk to it, and your physician, if it were indicated, should talk to you about the risk of rupture, the risk of infection, and things like that. Not every pregnant woman would need something like the amniocentesis, but if you are at increased risk, if something were to happen, you know, that we see something on ultrasound that might indicate that the infant might have a problem, we might suggest that women who are above the age of 35 have a slightly higher risk of having infants with genetic problems like Down syndrome that would warrant those things. Not every pregnant patient needs something like that, but definitely ultrasound is a, is a vital tool that every physician is, is using in obstetrical care. And in just the last few minutes, what should people think about when seeking prenatal care? Well, what women should be thinking about is, as with any parent, I think we are thinking of the health and safety of our child. And when they seek prenatal care, they should seek to formulate a relationship with their physician to avoid any kind of adverse outcome to their infant and to be forthcoming with the information and medication that they're on, you know, smoking history, drinking, any of those issues that can affect the, the baby. So they should be thinking that whatever they're doing is obviously for their health and for the benefit of the, the baby. So that doesn't come when the baby is born. That starts from like what we've talked about from the very beginning, even before pregnancy. And why should they come to Doctors Hospital of Laredo for their care? They should come to Doctors Hospital because they provide good quality prenatal care they have excellent staff and will make your prenatal and labor and delivery part of the pregnancy very comfortable. And we all have to think about different conditions in pregnancy that could affect the infant. And at Doctors Hospital, we allow you to take the worry out of pregnancy and let, allow it to be a happy and exciting time. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to Doctors Hospital Health News with Doctors Hospital of Laredo. For more information, you can go to IChooseDoctorsHospital.com. That's IChooseDoctorsHospital.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Doctors Hospital of Laredo. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. Doctors Hospital of Laredo is directly or indirectly owned by partnership that includes physician owners, including certain members of the hospital medical staff. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.